yeah, Costa Rica taught me a lot about respecting the environment and appreciating also the nature. Welcome to The Executives, the show where we navigate in the intricate world of executive leadership, exploring strategies, insights, and personal stories of successful professionals shaping the global business landscape. I'm your host, Majid, and today we have a special guest with us, Charlene, a travel product management who is currently working as a travel experience manager at Tourlane. Hello, Charlene, and welcome to the show. Hi, Majid. Thank you very much. So before... <laughs> We jump into our topic. Would you kindly introduce yourself, your experience, a little bit about who you are? Yeah, 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 of course. And like first, thank you for for the invitation. Also, I'm super happy to be here. And yeah, I'm sure we'll have a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, just like to give a bit of context. Um, I will try to explain my my journey up to this point. So I grew up and I study. Uh, tourism in France. And then I had the opportunity to do a university exchange in Lima, in, in Peru. And yeah, at this time, I also enjoyed to travel a bit there and a bit in Bolivia, and I loved it. But um, then I was not ready to go back in France. So um, I also wanted to gain some work experience before completing my studies. So I spent a gap year in a travel agency in Costa Rica, where I was helping with bookings. Um, and then there something uh, fantastic happened. Uh, the owner of the company offered me the chance to help to set up a new travel agency in Colombia. So of course I said yes. And yeah, some days after my final exam, I flew to Medellin in Colombia and started to work very hard. <laughs> and my job was to make sure the new travel agency followed all the rules and was legally good to go. So yeah, once that was done, I focused on handling logistics when we got mm -hmm. our first customers. And yeah, that was for Colombia. Then I moved to Germany, where I joined a tour operator, like you know it well, Majid. It's Ventura Travel. <laughs> uh, so there I worked as a salesperson and I managed trip for the French-speaking tourists who wanted to go in South America. Um, so yeah, it was a very good experience and I could learn a lot. But last year, I decided that it was time for me to pick up again my backpack. And mm -hmm. so I'm back on a, on a new adventure um, for eight months in Brazil. So there I could deep dive in the culture, in the nature, cities, and yeah. And I also could learn some Portuguese along the way. And I came back some months ago in Berlin. And now I started a new position as a travel product manager. So as you say, in, in Tolane. So yeah, here I am now. <laughs> awesome. 
Brazil is famous for a lot of things like uh, food and their carnival. So, how was your? Have you attended the carnival? Yes, I did like different carnivals. I did like the carnival. Like there are three main carnivals in Brazil. Mm. The famous one is Rio de Janeiro. It's mm. like the one who's known everywhere. Mm. Um, and then there are two more. There are mm. Salvador and Olinda. And I could have a bit of all of them. Like I oh, did nice. mostly the one in Salvador. This was amazing. Like it's mostly, there are like very famous singer in mm. trucks. They are singing in the top of the truck. And then like everyone is in the street following them. And yeah, it's a big show for several days. Mm -hmm. Brazil <laughs> is on, on my list, you know, because um, this uh, dessert, Brigadeiro. Oui. It's so like, it, it's it's a tiny little chocolatey ball, but yeah. it's so addictive. You like, you can just like eat. <laughs> do, you know, <laughs> do you know how to cook them? Yeah, 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 I do. I, I made it once or twice. It's not hard. But yeah. if you overcook it for like five, ten seconds more, it's done. Then it becomes liquidy, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's very technical. Yeah, exactly. So you have to just be there and stirring all the time. So that's why uh, brigadero. It's oh, one of my favorite desserts. Like it's you can just keep eating that. <laughs> nice, nice. Now in Brazil, you will taste a lot of lot of food. Good like food, yeah. And any region has different specialties. So yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. Cool, cool. It's uh, I'm I'm very excited for today's call because today our topic of discussion will be global bridges from yeah. Brazil's heartbeat to Europe's tourist trails and the classroom classrooms beyond. It's a very interesting topic. We'll cover things that you mentioned in your experience because that's the whole goal that we want to explore more about your your experience of traveling to Brazil, uh, working in the travel industry, and so on. So let's jump right into the question. And before I say, when I was writing the questions, and uh, I, I I used to think the city, it's the it's called Rennes, not René. I used <laughs> to think it's it's René because I with an e. Yeah. You know, uh, but this is this is French. Like mostly, we don't pronounce the end of the word, and sometimes not the beginning either. <laughs> um. Yeah, just like I am from the south of France. It's called Po, but it's written P A U, so nothing to yeah. It's okay. French. <laughs> yeah, you don't read it as you speak it. Um, and Rennes, yeah, I, I I was I was studying there. In so Rennes, France, is quite distinct from the various global locations you have worked in. Can you pinpoint a moment or experience in your early life that actually ignited your passion for travel and cross-cultural experiences? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, sure. I think it might uh, have been during my first trip overseas. Uh, I was only 10 years old and my parents decided to take us, my, bro my brother and, and me to Marrakesh in Morocco. Mm -hmm. during the summer break um, and yeah normally during the summer break we used to go to the to the sea mm -hmm. and I'm a bit ashamed to admit it but at first 
um, both my brother and I were a bit disappointed to not go to the sea, but to go in, in Marrakech. But, like, there are a lot of stuff, but there is no sea. Um, yeah, clearly we were too young to understand all the, um, the chance we had, like the privilege we had to, to have this kind of experience. Mm -hmm. But well, uh, then yeah, something incredible happened during that trip. Like I just loved it. It was amazing. Um, I love to go through the narrow street of the souk, experiencing the culture, the kindness of the people. And yeah, I, I can remember some friends of my parents prepared tajin for us, we're home. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we sat on the pedo and the carpet and there were no knives, no plates, and it was super fascinating. Yeah, I was only 10 years old and I came from the countryside in France. So it was something totally new to discover, totally mm. new custom. Um, and yeah, our friend, like they can be show us how to, to eat, uh, with the bread and yeah, it will very different and so exciting at the same time. So yeah, this, this, this was new and fascinating world for me. Um, and when I had to go back home, I was so sad. I, I cried on the plane. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, I think like at the end, this is the moment where I really promised to myself that when I grew up, I will travel um, as much as I could. Yeah. Nice. That's nice. Mor Morocco is a good place. It's on my to visit. Yeah. And uh, uh, from Germany, it's not super expensive to fly there. It's super, super cheap, I think. And a yeah. direct flight goes. Uh, yeah, so. it is. Like, yeah. And in fact, I just went back once just maybe one or two years after it but i really really want to like to see it again like 15 years after like how mm. would i feel again it would be amazing and like yes. i also discovered other part because i only went in marrakech but yeah i think you can experience a lot in in morocco yeah 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 that's true <laughs> wow now I want tagine because tagine, it's, it's, uh, you can find it in Berlin. There's a very good restaurant in Neukölln, but you have to reserve a table at least like a week or two before because they are so full always. Ah, what's in the this, name of the... I, I have to check, okay. but I, I, I can, I can share it with you afterwards. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very famous and it's always full, like always full. And they give you, give you a table for a certain time that you have to eat food within this time because they are so packed that they don't yeah. have time. You know, they're like, hey, come eat, go, come eat, go. <laughs> and the problem is with the, 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 the culture of Middle East and Africa is more like you sit, you talk, you know, you keep eating, yeah. drinking yeah, tea. Take you know. your time. Yeah, uh, take your time. But here in the restaurant, it's different because they are so busy. And I completely understand that as well. But <laughs> that's, that's yeah. interesting. You might book two tables one after the other <laughs> oh yeah that's true that's true or ask them hey give us one table for two times yeah <laughs> that's that's true that's true but uh, interesting so now let's let's go more towards uh, the latin american footprint so costa rica and colombia are renowned for their rich cultural and biodiversity 
How did working in these countries influence your understanding of sustainable tourism and the importance of local experiences? Okay, yeah, this is very right question. So um, first Costa Rica. So yeah, Costa Rica taught me a lot about respecting the environment and appreciating also the nature. I truly recommend this country for all nature lovers. It's very small country, but it's home of nearly 6% of all the world's biodiversity. So it's just huge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what's also very impressive about Costa Rica is that they care a lot about the nature. Um, it's like they're the leader in what we call sustainable ecotourism. So yeah, it, it means like they are inviting responsible traveler to explore their incredible nature without at least trying not to cause any damage on it. Mm. And they've said, they've, sorry, they've, they have set aside about one quarter of the land as national park so they can preserve different ecosystems. Okay. So yeah, like there are like, on the top of the eco responsibility mm -hmm. and whether if you're into with life watching or exciting adventure and stunning landscape i can totally recommend you to go in in costa rica mm -hmm. um yeah so how is the weather the weather is nice there right yeah like they have like it's a tropical country so it's raining okay. a lot or so. Like it's very green. They have the rainy season where you can you can have a lot of rain. Like if you go on the Caribbean part, it can rain for days during the whole day. So mm. yeah. But then that's why also it's so green. That's why you have so many animals. So yeah, just like take a rain jacket <laughs> and go there. <laughs> mm. Okay. Yeah, I think it's very like a country. It's not made for any kind of tourists, but more kind of adventure people who really love the nature and they don't care. Like, yeah, you can be wet, uh, mm -hmm. it can rain, but mm -hmm. but you will see like you cannot see it anywhere else. So. Mm -hmm. Yep, you mentioned now sustainable tourism because this is something we actually as people uh, need to respect for countries where we go to. And I would like if I'm, I'm I'm from Pakistan, right? So I would like when people come my visit my country or my home town, they should not make it a mess, you know. That uh, so, can you yeah. share with us more about the sustainable tourism? Because I I don't think everyone is aware of this concept. In travel, it's very normal that we yeah. we we have this word. But for people who are not from travel, this is something. Okay, sustainable tourism is exactly what. So yeah. how would you explain it to someone who is not from the industry? Yes. It's, it's trying not to have any negative impact on the ecology. So mm -hmm. for example, the case of Costa Rica, they have national park. It means there are areas where you cannot build any building. Like okay. it's totally preserved for the animals, for the nature. We keep mm -hmm. the nature as it is. Like they can make some paths so the tourists can go there and explore, but like no building. No um, building. Yeah. Also, like, I think, like, our job is very important also, like, in 
we talk about educating the tourist. Mm. So it's also our role to say to the tourist, like, hey, respect the environment there. Like, I don't know, um, go with uh, your own bottle and just fill in the water. Don't buy like plastic there. Don't throw plastic. Mm. Don't like behave, behave and just be respectful of the environment. Just try mm. not to have a big impact. There are some destinations, for example, when it's very remote, they don't have a good system to to manage all the waste, wastes. Mm. So we ask the tourists, for example, to take back their waste. Okay. Like all you're consuming, all the plastic you're consuming, please bring it back because there the system is not made to yeah, to recycle it. So please, like, we don't want any impacts. Mm. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, tourism, we can have a lot of negative impact. Mm -hmm. And this is important to to be responsible. Otherwise, we will not be able to, to continue traveling around the world. That's, that's true. Yeah, yeah, because we need to respect uh, the, the culture as well. Which brings yeah. to the second part of local experiences. For me, tourism is not visiting the five monuments of a city or the yeah. country. For me, tourism is about experiencing the culture. Mm -hmm. What do you think, how does that play a role of, towards tourism? Do you think local experiences are important and are, are they easier to sell as compared to like, hey, we can show you Eiffel Tower in Paris. I mean, anyone can see Eiffel Tower. Yeah. It's not something uh, everyone knows about it. So what do you think is the role of local experience in tourism? Yeah, first, I think like it's something very new, like not very new, but like people are more and more willing to get to know the culture, not only like the, just to take the picture of the monument and mm. this like everyone can have. And now like with internet, you can find the picture of all the monuments. So like mm. to see, like, of course, it's not the same to see on the computer or to see it in real, but then there is not a lot of more, like you will not experience way more. Mm -hmm. um, one kind of the tourism that is like well developed is going to, to is increasing. <laughs> it's what we call a community-based tourism. Mm -hmm. So this kind of tourism, it's also a responsive, responsible kind of tourism. It involves local communities. Mm. So yeah, that means that, um, let me try to explain. <laughs> All good, yes. <laughs> yeah, like with this kind of tourism, uh, we are make, trying to make a good impact uh, on the local communities as well mm. like the two like it's a win-win situation because at the end the tourists can have very authentic experiences with local people to learn really about the culture the custom to have like mm. not to like to to see a show who was made for tourists and then like you just like spectator and you pay for something that's not true we don't want that anymore. Like, and I think the tourists also don't want it. Uh, they are getting more and more aware. Um, then 
yeah, this kind of tourism is like the direct contact of the tourists mm -hmm. and the locals. And the locals, they are not showing something the tourist is not like they're not acting differently that they will do in their daily life. It's really to invite the tourist in their daily life. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And most of the time also those kind of experiences, it has other goals. Uh, mm -hmm. It has also like most of the time ecological goals. Um, so they don't do it only to have like some resources. They do it also like for like specific goals. Um, <clears throat> yeah, maybe I can <laughs> I can mm -hmm. like explain you one one of the projects I love the most. Um, I could have in 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 Colombia. So you have a better idea, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than to be too too. Um, not concrete, like, so yeah, one of my favorite projects was in, in Buenaventura. It's close to Cali in Colombia. And this is a project that's owned by Afro-descendant community. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there the community is super involved into ecotourism. They want to protect. It's a very stunning crystal blue river. It's amazing. Like I never saw a river like that yeah it's just amazing and it's not famous it's incredible <clears throat> but the problem there is that the local authorities are menacing like they are treating to okay. what sorry no no okay <laughs> to they want to um, to establish a landfill there like where you can place the waste and mm. like yeah yeah so of course it will destroy the entire ecosystem so yeah the goal of this community is first to make this place known mm -hmm. then to raise some ecological awareness and also like to get some fund to finance the the project and to make it cancelled Mm -hmm. um, like to to finance like this this their struggle and the struggle aim to to have this project cancelled. So the experience there is just like amazing. Um, you walk in the river, like mm -hmm. really into the river. Uh, sometimes you can have the water until the shoulder, <laughs> but yeah, most of the time you like it's not so deep. Um, and at the same time that you're working, the locals educate you on all the ecosystems. Mm -hmm. They show you the plants, the animals, the, yeah, a lot of birds mm -hmm. and all, all the resources you're paying to be part of this experience. They are directly going to this community and they are directly reinvested in the river projection project. That's cool. That's really yeah. nice. Yeah, that's really, really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like, I think the future also of tourism, like in the past tourism had so many negative impacts in ecology, like even in the local population, trying like to change the culture or trying them to act just to 
to be pleasant to the tourists, to, to make them act how they are supposed to act to, yeah, for the tourists to take picture of mm -hmm. like, this, this is crazy. Um, so yeah, we are aiming, I hope, like to a more responsible tourism where everyone can win of this. Mm -hmm. I see. Now this this itself is such a big topic that we can talk about it for hours. Uh, yeah. So much, so much information and so much fun stuff in it. But let's uh, let's move towards our second topic because you're based in Berlin. Yeah. And I I I've seen Berlin attracts travelers, professionals across the globe. I don't even remember how many nationalities I have met. I have met people from. Uh, China, Japan, Indonesia, Malaysia, Sri Lanka, Nepal, Bhutan, Cambodia, uh, Colombia, Argentina, Bolivia. It's, it's a very long list that I've seen in Berlin. And I, I feel that it's a very sort of diverse clientele that exists in Berlin with the diversity of people. How do you utilize your global experiences that you have gained in, uh, in, in multiple countries towards catering such a diverse clientele at, for example, venture travel or tour lane? Um, yeah. Um, well, in fact, like, I don't know if by clientele you mean, yeah, my clients. Clients, yeah. 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 Um, in fact, I'm working like in online, I'm always working in online agencies. So, like my clientele, they have always been French speaking market. Like, okay. I, yeah, it's very specific niche. They are mostly French, Swiss or Belgians. Um, but I like being in Berlin, I definitely am working with a lot of international people. Um, a lot from Latin America, because, you know, in, in Ventura, we were like very specialized in Latin America. Mm -hmm. So most of our colleagues were from countries from South America, but also like from other pe people from all over the world. Uh, yeah, I, as you say, like so many countries, like we cannot even uh, remember all kind of country we 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 have been in touch. Um, but yeah, if like my clientele, they are all speaking French, mm. um, but like with my suppliers, I have a lot of suppliers from like, yeah, all my suppliers, in fact, are from Latin America. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there I can, I can use my different languages. Mm. Um, with most of them, we speak in, in Spanish. Um, and that work with my colleagues with speaking in English because it's the common, the common language. Mm -hmm. But I, I think like the international, um, the fact that Berlin is so international is more impacting in my private life mm -hmm. because yeah, my friends, I'm from, they're from all over the world and yeah, like. I think I would not have so different and like interesting friends if I would have stayed in, in France. I, mm, I see. I see. So, okay, cool. Interesting. <laughs> so in your introduction, you mentioned to us that you took like a career break towards yeah. traveling towards Brazil 
and uh, it it does sound fascinating i always wanted to do, do that but i've never had done it so what was the the reason that you took this career break and flew all the way it's not like from germany to france it's a 2 hour flight or a 3 hour flight but <laughs> it's it's a much longer flight and what motivated the decision and would love to learn more about that experience how was the experience uh, like okay so um first my motivation i i really wanted a break from from berlin berlin is amazing as we just say it's international but like a lot of information all the time and there's so like the winter is a bit difficult so yeah i i really didn't want to pass the last winter in in berlin <laughs> and also like brazil was on my list for a long time and because of my love for colombia Uh, a lot of people recommended me to travel in Brazil because Brazil has a lot of similarities with Colombia in terms of landscape and nature like people are super welcoming and mm. yeah the country has so many different experiences to offer and <clears throat> also because i wanted to yeah, i was traveling alone so i really wanted a place where i would i would feel safe to travel mm. like and yeah i would feel like um easy for me to to travel alone and yeah brazil was was the, like a good match for me okay <laughs> yeah and also also like because i it's been a while so i wanted to learn portuguese because i really love brazilian music and for a long time i really wanted to to understand what they are saying in the in the lyrics So yeah, and I decided okay, just let's go. I didn't want to go just for one or two weeks because it would be like too less. <laughs> like Brazil is it's huge, it's like a continent. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's why uh, I decided to take to take a break and and to go there. Um So I, that's a good reason for me to learn Japanese and Korean, you know, because that's what I listen to a lot, like K-pop and Japanese pop. Uh -huh. So I I don't understand what they say. I mean, the lyrics are on with with English. I understand what they're saying, but in Japanese and Korean, I don't speak the language. Okay. Like uh, it's my level of Japanese is the same like French. Like only saying thank you. Hi, hello. That's that's all. This is something. This is a start. <laughs> but like. Exactly. <laughs> Would you like to learn it? I think like when you like the culture and the like the music it's easier because you have mm -hmm. a lot of um support to to practice. I mean I love I really admire Japanese culture and uh, like it's really it's really an interesting culture and it's very much aligned with uh, Pakistani culture so it's yeah. not very different so it's not something completely opposite. but it's also something i really really adore you know like the way they do things the way they are like the, the quality and how they for example i remember when i was in thailand the first time i i didn't know that you shouldn't take your shoes uh, inside uh, the office also because okay. i i never like i was used to growing up and we always had shoes in our office you know so okay. i did that and uh, i remember when i walked in and everyone was looking at me and then they told me hey take the shoes outside and i but i apologize to them that i'm sorry i didn't know but yeah. it's it's something that's very interesting that they say keep the shoes outside yeah. and then when i asked why why do you keep the shoes outside i mean uh, 
what's the reason? And then one of the logics that came to me was they like the dirt needs to stay outside. The house is supposed to be clean. So that's why they never wear shoes inside because you never know what did you walk on outside yeah. on the street, you know. Yeah. So that's that's why, and I, I like the logic, you know. When you think yeah. about it, I would not yeah. like that uh, someone who walked over uh, something on the street is walking in my home with the shoe. Yeah. You know, no, so because true. home is something very personal. So and they, it's 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 a nice logic for yeah. me as well. This is so. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. You want to say something? No, no, this is what's amazing also about traveling and get to know the culture. Like, yeah, you have your own logic and you think like you know some stuff and then you meet other culture and you realize like, yeah, like I should start doing it also. Like this, this makes so much sense. Like, yeah. And I have also seen like, for example, uh, sometimes one thing in one culture are really really good if you do that in another culture it's very rude like very rude like i i remember when i was uh, talking with someone from uh, japan he was uh, a very elderly man uh, but his manager was young so he told him like directly like how we give feedback you know hey this was not something correct and the guy actually didn't like it but he didn't say anything but just like kept his like voice low and said okay And then he came to me and said, Maja, this was not good because uh, he needs to at least respect me for my age. You know, I was like, yes, but he also has to report back to his seniors there that there was a problem. So I understand both of you. But at the same time, I would say you also try to understand him. Yeah. So it, it's the cultural understanding is really, really important, especially. Yeah. And if you're if you love traveling or if you want to travel a lot to other countries, it's, it's something you should make sure that you do a little bit of due diligence. Yeah, yeah, this is true. Like, and even professionally also, it makes a lot of differences. Like, I remember, for example, in when I was working in Costa Rica or Colombia, um, when I needed to call some supplier or anything, I could not directly ask my question or do my request. Mm -hmm. I first needed to have a small talk to know if everything was going well. And then when like we had this small talk, I could ask it. Then I arrived in Germany and like my only working experience were, were in Latin America. So I was used to do it, to ask first like to people, how are you doing? How was your weekend? How was your week? Uh, what are you doing to plan after then? And yeah, I remember like in Ventura, they told me like, stop it. like. What's your question? <laughs> What do you want from me? Like, don't make me waste my time. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's and, good also to adapt. Mm -hmm. to it's... And true. That's very true. And I still say Colombia is more near to European culture. It's very far from the Japanese culture, like extremely far. Because uh, like I remember because we worked with many Colombians as well. They loved dancing like merengue, salsa, and so on. Yeah, yeah. And I was very bad. They tried making me dance and I was horrible <laughs> at that. So <laughs> I'm the same, don't worry. <laughs> it was it was it was a nightmare. They were like, okay, no, never again. We will never ask this guy. I'm like, I'm, I'm from Pakistan, dude. Ask me for for my dance, I can do that, but this is harder than it looks. Uh and it's very interesting though. Yeah. But yeah. Let's uh, let's let me ask you. Can, do you can you share with us when you were on this break in uh, 
Brazil. Give us one example or one experience, let's say, that was that really changed something in your life or taught you a lesson. Um, do you mean in Brazil or in yeah, yeah, in Brazil, in Brazil, when you were on this long uh, career break, when you were like, hey, yeah. you know what? This was this was something I saw or I learned from someone else. Yeah. And uh, this is something that taught me and I grew basically because of this experience. Yeah. I I think like in terms of learning it was like I think I did like very strategical um yeah, I took a strategical um how we call it decision. <laughs> um it was like to first start with three months as a volunteer in a hostel in Rio de Janeiro. Like first I didn't travel, I just stay in Rio de Janeiro. I did the volunteering in a hostel. So it means I was, yeah, I was kind of working, but I didn't receive any money back. But I, they, were, they were giving me the accommodation. I could stay there mm -hmm. sleeping and everything. And I choose one neighborhood which is not so touristic in in Rio. So I was not mm. in Copacabana, in in Ipanema. I was in another area. It's called Gloria. And mm. then all my coworkers were Brazilian and we were sharing the same room. Then like during three months, I just had like to learn Portuguese. And yeah, they also like touched me so much about the Brazilian culture. Mm. And I think like, I learned so much during that three months. And then because of all I knew about how to behave, uh, what I can do, what I cannot do, I could travel around Brazil and I could really like get in touch with the people. I could like creating connection. I was not acting as a tourist, but more as a local. And then I mm -hmm. met like amazing friends. Um, so yeah, I think like this totally changed my, my experience in Brazil. I think mm -hmm. like without it, if I would go traveling like directly, I think it would have been very different. Maybe I would not speak Portuguese. I would not like make so many friends. And yeah, I would mm -hmm. not have to go in remote places. Mm -hmm. so, I see. Interesting, yeah. interesting. So, because now you're mentioning about language. So you learned Portuguese while you were in Brazil. So how has that basically helped you in terms of your professional job? As in, you also mentioned briefly that it helps you talk with the partners or your collaborators in Latin America. But yeah. how else does it help you? Um, so, yeah, first, like, <laughs> my, my Portuguese, um, yeah, first we can call, like, do you understand if I said Portuñol? Like it's a mix, like Portugal, it's like the mist of Portuguese mm. and Spanish, it's called um, Espanol. Mm. So the mix of it, it's Portugal. <laughs> like, because like first I speak Spanish uh, mm. then when I like Spanish and Portuguese, they're quite similar. Mm. So I just like, it's basically, I use my Spanish and I put like uh, some words in Portuguese. And maybe sometimes I'm writing French too. And then, yeah, I'm speaking a, a mixed, but yeah, it's totally like everyone can understand me. I can understand everything. So it's working, mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, like professionally, 
I'm not using Portuguese. Mm. Um, I hope I could use it more, but in my company now in Dolan, we speak in, in, in English with all my colleagues and yeah, with my suppliers in Spanish. And in fact, my supplier in Brazil, um, she's Franco Brazilian. So she also has French as a mother tongue. Mm. So it makes no sense to speak Portuguese, but, but anyway, like in the company, I think I could connect more with some people from other departments. I think, yeah, because of the language, like I have a super friend, she's, she's Brazilian. And I think mm. this is because we can speak the same language because like we also have the same references, the same music. Uh, we, we have stories to share about Carnaval, about, yeah, like we mm. can understand each other. So I think, and the same from like with other people from other departments that comes from other country in Latin America. And I think like indirectly it can help me also professionally because I can have a better overview of the, of the company. And yeah, in some cases, so I can go directly to them if I have any problem or any request about their, their department. So mm. I think that my Portuguese, at least it doesn't help me directly, but indirectly. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So, so with such diverse roles from product management in travel and sales specialist to operations and administration or administrative management. How do you use these skills to optimize the travel for a customer? Because not all customers are the same, right? Every customer can have different requirements. So how do you use everything that you have learned or gained towards catering customers? Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. First I've been, I've been lucky to work in like very different jobs in the travel industry. So. Um, it helps a lot to understand the entire planning process. So yeah, I have the opportunity to experience all aspects of making a trip happen within a mm. travel agency. So it includes going into the field during the business trip, uh, meeting with providers, like participating in activity, checking hotels. Um, yeah, then. I've also been creating travel products. So there's some in negotiating rates, um, understanding the needs and expectation of the, of the clients. And, and I also been in like selling those products mm -hmm. also directly in contact with the client. Uh, and yeah, until like the very end of the process, uh, and link all the booking details preparing the travel documents and provide some support to the client when they are mm. like in the country, in the destination. Um, <clears throat> this is from one side. And on the other side, I've, um, I've also been in communication with both client and providers. Um, so I think like, it means like I can understand the need of the client and I can understand also like logistically what's possible because sometimes we have some clients yeah they have crazy ideas like amazing ideas but it's not possible we don't have provider or this not exist on the country or for safety reasons we cannot provide it mm -hmm. um so yeah i think like all those experiences um have given me like 
multifaceted skill set. And yeah, it makes it easy for me now to, to understand each part of the process and, and like to understand better the, the client. Mostly mm -hmm. like, as I said, like uh, I've always worked with the French speaking market. So I cannot understand any kind of client, only like mostly French, uh, Swiss and Belgium. And mm -hmm. I think they are very different from, from other kind of clients. So yeah, <laughs> it's super specified. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I can imagine because, for example, uh, if you will try to sell to a Pakistani customer, I, I would be okay with traveling to tropical, but I would more like to see Europe because the weather is colder here because we have, we are used to summers, you know, so I'm like, okay, I live the whole year in summers. I want to explore uh, Europe to to feel the cold weather, <laughs> yeah. see the snow because that's, that's a big thing. If you're yeah. from Pakistan or India, you might have never seen snow in your life. Yeah. So it's, it's like a dream for a lot of people who want to travel to Europe and we want to see the snow. Yeah. But yeah. Interesting. That's very interesting. And now, because in your role, I feel there is a tech side as well involved. So how do you think technological tools like a CRM system or any other software that you have used played a role in, in building a good or a better travel for your, for your customer? Yeah. Um, yeah. Technology is so important. Like in mm. all the company I've worked, we were all in online agency. So okay. yeah, we need to be performant technologically because otherwise we don't exist. Um, but yeah, there were different kind of, of companies also like in Costa Rica and Colombia, it was more family run company. Um, so there are less resources, but yeah, proportionally to the volume of the company, mm -hmm. the technology part was amazing. Like, okay. um, like they developed their own CRM software mm -hmm. and like we were a small team, like in Costa Rica, we were maybe 10 people, but from the 10 people, we had one developer and he was sitting next to us. So mm -hmm. any requirements, he could do it like right away. And like, it was always like, we were always asking like, Hey, can we do it? And it was always like, yeah, of course we can do it. And yeah. So there the CRM was very helpful, um, mostly for us to work, like for us to be quicker, to be able to quote quicker. Like to have all the product, all the information, uh, what's possible to do or not, and to send an offer with all the picture, all the description, like, mm. yeah, basically like to be quicker. Um, yeah, then like for the customer, it was more about the, the web page. Uh, but yeah, in the first company, yeah, basically it was more like in the professional side. Um, but now like Tulane is a, is a travel tech. Mm. So they're like, the technology has like, it's very important. It has very crucial roles and yeah, first the customer, of course, they have the website, but also an app. Um, so yeah, that's now it's basic for all, all the travel agency. Mm. Um, 
But like, yeah, technologically, there are so many stuff. Uh, I was amazed. Just like one example. Mm. Um, <laughs> there is something called live availability. So it means like we as professional, we are able to see in real time which hotels are available. Okay. And this amazed me so much because I spent hours and I, I think in total weeks or months in my life um, calling hotel one per mm. one to know if they had the availability for my clients for the travel dates. Like, I think like, yeah, 40% of my work in Costa Rica was to call hotels and to check, hey, would you have some room available for this date? Mm. And now, now I can see like you can have it like all like directly. This is amazing. <laughs> and this like very soon future, the mm. client also will have access to it. And like they will be able to plan like a trip, not only like to book some rooms or some hotel, they can already do it with bookings or but then like to plan the whole trip with all kinds of services, like in just some clicks. Mm. Like interesting. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Mm. <laughs> it's yeah, so promising. Like we'll mm -hmm. see then like there, are, of course, there are some it will take time for some destination. For example, I'm working for uh, Latin America. And like the kind of of provider are like the most they are like, for example, for, for accommodation, they are very small hotels and sometimes owned by, by a family or, yeah, like very small structure mm. or ecology, and they don't have the technology to be connected to our systems. So mm -hmm. normally, like, they just have, like, a book, <laughs> they have a pen, <laughs> and then they check, like, yeah, let's see, on Monday, we have availability, <laughs> like, <laughs> this room, now it's done. So, yeah, it will take time still for some destination, but there are other destinations, and, like, for some kind of provider, because, of mm -hmm. course, like, big resorts, they are all all connected already. I mean, uh, that's true. Technology makes life easy uh, in some places. But uh, from Costa Rica, you saw the guy with the paper uh, and uh, diary. And I, I still know someone who's doing it in 2023. Yeah. Writing yeah. their availability down. Yeah. But also, like, there are some places they don't have good internet. Like, mm -hmm. for example, like, I, I speak about my market, like, French markets. We love to go to remote places. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it means no internet, no Wi-Fi. And yeah, you cannot expect like hotels working from there, like to to have all the connectivity we wish mm. uh, would have. Like, so it's also part of the of the of the deal. Yeah, we want to go there. It's very exceptional, like an amazing experience. But yeah, like then to work, like we have to yeah to be a bit more patient. Mm. Yeah, interesting. And how, how have you seen, because the roles and challenges also evolve with the passage of time. So from Costa Rica to Berlin, how did you see that your challenges and role was evolving with the involvement of technology or in general? What, what do you feel? Yes. So from Costa Rica to Berlin. Yeah. How have you seen your role, the travel product manager role? 
and the challenges because you always have problems you know before you you said that you were always calling people up hey do you have a room available but now it's available live you don't need to call someone yeah but now there are newer challenges right? yeah so how do you think that has evolved with the passage of time yeah okay um yeah i think like now like there are so many because of internet like we have all all the information also online uh there are so many competition like mm. we can all check online um what can i do there what what what's possible how to go from there to there uh, we can all book directly so this is a big challenge but mm. i think like the travel agency still has the um, the experts of the field mm. like this is not because something it's sold on the internet that it's something good um mm. so yeah and i think like a lot of the work also the job itself changed a lot um especially after pandemics because also of remote work like people uh, can work from everywhere and like people are real expert they know they know what's happening there they know what to see they have like a lot of very personalized tips mm. so i think it's getting more and more personalized before like some decades ago like everyone would have the same experience like mm. everyone going in costa rica would do the same tour everyone going in brazil will go in rio de janeiro copacabana and yeah do the same stuff exactly now like we have like a lot of offer and we can very like match with what the clients want what the traveler want like you want nature okay i can do it you want to uh, explore the city i can do it you want to meet with the locals to want you want like a very authentic experience like mm. we know the places like we went there like <laughs> and this yeah i think like some years maybe decades ago um travel agency it was like mostly someone in like a physical agency like with a book and trying to sell something who was written there and like yeah trying to say yeah this is a price look at the picture do you yeah. like it no okay <laughs> and now now yeah there's like so many so many possibilities and that's an exciting part like it's more creative i think more creative mm. job now yeah especially with the competition also right yeah yeah mm. you always have to yeah to have the new id like to have like the new stuff you can do like to have like the very like and to maintain like very good relationship with your mm. suppliers because sometimes like it's difficult to have availability for such an hotel because it's very small mm. uh, and people like it because they they're very good um at welcoming people and everything but then like it's your role also like to have very good relationship with them mm. so you're sure like they will accept your clients and like they are mostly not available online mm. so yeah interesting <laughs> I see. No, this the, I'm I'm having a lot of like uh, fun uh, discussing this, and th these are things that we we need to talk about. 
But recently, we just passed through a pandemic, unfortunately, the COVID-19. That hurt the travel industry a lot. Like I, I saw that if businesses were closed, especially travel businesses, some of them like completely out, so they closed. But now we are now and we are in a stage which is the post-pandemic. You know, we are now through the pandemic, but we are still seeing struggles in the in the industry. So, what do you think are going to be some of like? How do you see the future of travel? Uh, do you see now that we are recovering from the COVID itself, and more more and more people are traveling like they used to, or is it still like low? No, it's still recovering and still needs time for people to accept that okay, we we can travel and it's okay. Um, I think I think like uh, now people like they want to travel more. Um, there is something called like revenge travel because we were yeah. We could not travel for time and we were like locked down at home and like yeah i think like most of us we just dream of going anywhere else mm. like um so yeah i think like a lot of people since pandemic like of course not everyone but um the one who can at least uh, are trying to travel more and i think it turns a lot because also of remote work uh now people travel for longer so and also because of some like ecological concern like i will not take a plane just to go in holiday one week if i take the plane at least i will enjoy some month there and like mm -hmm. since i cannot take so many holidays i will work half of the time from there and then also like it allows to meet the, the locals to have like a very like more authentic experience. So yeah, mm -hmm. I think like yeah, the, the tourist tourism was like very impacted by the pandemic. Like it was awful for <laughs> for a lot of destination, like we've lost a lot of hotels, a lot of activities. They had to change, they had to, to find other job because they couldn't have any revenue. Mm -hmm. um but i think like now like it's taking another another path and like at another like um velocity can we say mm -hmm. it yeah <laughs> um yeah and i don't know if i think or i hope <laughs> we we are like travelers are more conscious now more responsible mm -hmm. yeah that's that's true like uh, I love to travel. I am not. Uh, I cannot do adventure travels because that's uh, hard for me. But I love to travel and experience culture. And whenever I'm traveling, I'm like, okay, how can I learn about this country? You know, like what mm -hmm. can I learn and what can I utilize for myself personally to grow? Yeah. Like that's one of the things I always uh, look for when I'm traveling. Yeah. And, and now, yes. No, sorry. <laughs> no, I think like that's why you're so like with. Slot, like we used to travel like very quickly like i have two weeks and like every two days i will change the city so i can see like most of it and now i think like with like people are more into slow tourism so okay i have two weeks but i will stay in the same city or in the same place so i can mm -hmm. really experience and like it's not only about me exploring everything and see mm -hmm. as much as i can and taking as much 
picture at Daken. It's also like me enjoying the the place, like mm. be in the nature and yeah, spend the day just in the nature, like not doing so much, but just like connecting also with yourself, with the mm. nature. So yeah, that's true. And that's true. I mean, connecting with nature and also giving time like off from everything, like yeah. leaving your laptop because we have too much screen time, you know, like uh, if, if whenever you're on holiday, like you take your phone out and start recording, taking pictures and then you're like, okay, wh why was I on holiday if I just want to take pictures? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can download pictures from the internet all the time. Yeah. You know, and I like, mean, I, feel... I would be like better quality. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the only picture I take is like if I'm at a famous place or something or a memory that I want to take, I will just take a selfie and then I'm like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm yeah. not taking more pictures because yeah. I see a lot of people, what they do is like, uh, if they're at concerts or traveling, they're like trying to record every single thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, take memories, but also enjoy the thing you spent a lot of money to go there like why don't you try to enjoy it to a maximum because the, the thing the memories stay in your mind first and your heart you know so you yeah. will remember those forever so yeah so right now we are coming towards an end because this is a question i always get like a lot of people are asking me hey majid whoever is your next guest do ask them that how can we join their industry you know like how can we become someone uh, for example last time i had a a business intelligence product manager. Uh, now I'm talking with you, who's also a product manager, but a travel product manager, which is a completely different role from yeah. a digital product manager. You know, how do you feel if someone wants to go into this field of becoming a, a experience manager or a digital product manager, a travel product manager? What career path or how should they join the movement? Okay, um, yeah. So I. Because I had the, the question sometimes and some people were like considering to start again to study. Mm -hmm. Like first, like um, yeah, more than any academic education, like the most important first, like you have to be very passionate about the mm -hmm. sector. Like this is the criteria number, like number one. Uh, in most of the job offers in tourism, they don't ask you like to have any diploma in tourism. They ask you like, what's your experience? What did you do until mm. now? <laughs> um, well, if it's like for someone who, like, who is going like to to study, of course it makes sense. Like if they already have the idea to to work in tourism, it makes sense to to study tourism. But I would recommend not to study only tourism, mm. but like something like maybe tourism connected to management or yeah, tourism connected to marketing, something a bit wider because tourism is something, but you need other skills, not like first you need to be passionate, but then mm -hmm. you also need other skills to, to have like a specific job. Um, mm -hmm. And then what, um, what can I like, yeah, enjoy as much as possible traveling. Try to have like as much experiences as you as you can. Like, yeah, travel agency, like different different um, jobs in hotel. Like, try to have like a vision of the sector and globality because it's all connected. And like 
to offer the best experience, you need to know like how it's all connected. You need mm. to know the provider, to know like the client, everything. So mm. yeah, um, as much experiences can be can be a plus, of course, and at least like um, the last tips like don't do it for money <laughs> mm. if you want to join the tourism industry is really by passion mm. um we know that yeah in comparison with other industry maybe the salaries are not as high but also i think like it's a very a luxury to work in such industry like mm. to wake up every day thinking like wow, I will do what I really like. I will do like, sometimes it doesn't feel like a job. It feels like, yeah, I'm giving tips to people who want to visit my favorite country. Like, it's amazing. Mm. And I'm getting paid for that. So, <laughs> yeah. I see. I see. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> interesting. That, that, that was valuable advice because uh, a lot of times when I was also working in travel, people were like, hey, Majid, how did you start working in travel? So the, 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 what you mentioned is very, very critical that don't just do a degree, but be passionate about whatever you want to pursue. Yeah. Uh, and that brings us towards the end. And it has been very incredible and it's been very insightful that the whole discussion, Charlie. And th I thank you for your sharing your experience and expertise with us. Um, and as a closing remark, would you like to say something for the audience? Yeah, I, I want to say something first to you. Like, thank you a lot again for the invitation. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And yeah, I, I, I hope I, I could bring some valuable insights um, for yeah anyone who was interested in, in tourism. And yeah, Majid, I wish you a lot of success with this a podcast project and um, yeah i find this initiative very amazing so yeah i wish you all the best and i'm waiting to to hear more fantastic episodes <laughs> yes we have we have some really cool stuff coming up i know <laughs> <laughs> so for example this one <laughs> So to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the executives today. If you found this episode valuable and knowledgeable, don't forget to subscribe and share it with your network. Until next time, this is Majid signing off.